0: I'll come back. I'll
1: come back. I'll 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 come back.
2: For slang. Okay. The attractive mom of a Star Wars fanboy.
3: <laughs> that
4: milk. is amazing oh my god
5: I, lo- oh. I love how my idiocy sometimes causes us to discover gems like this
4: hey man did you go over to jack's house and see Grandmill milf target <laughs> <laughs>
3: jesus christ <laughs> jesus christ
2: okay there
3: here's here's your
2: link for proof i hate yeah. everything there's also an Instagram for Grand Milf Tarkin. Apparently, Esau.
3: here's like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" No, they renamed themselves out of shame. Right, we started because like, we're like a oh, one minute past.
0: Oh, okay. Oh,
3: no,
4: we've actually this. been we've actually been live. That's awesome. I don't like
2: that. <laughs>
3: okay.
5: Gentlemen gentlemen, would you would no, you look at that? No,
2: okay, let's let's get let's get this show on the road. We've we've no. dealily
4: see what what is long
3: enough. I, I put oh, oh, No I I mean. Uh, okay, I don't wanna edit this hard. Five, four, three. Two,
2: one. Hello and welcome to the Barcast where the bar gets lower every single week. Your bartenders for this evening are... Rav. Oh shit, I'm first.
3: Enigma.
5: I'm gonna get hit by falling space debris. Flam.
4: Crunchitize me, Captain.
2: Milk. <laughs> okay. And I'm Flutter Priest. This week, Pencil's out for second ouchy. This week... We have a wonderful member of the pony community, a very recognizable face.
3: No, name. Uh, mostly a name, but also face. We have Esau. I don't think if we checked, they're still back. Oh, no. Nobody checked. Oh, Raggy. Right so, yeah. I'm
5: back.
1: One of you motherfuckers okay. you killed again. all right, sorry. <laughs> oh, he's here, he's here.
5: Yep.
2: All right, then I'm going to go speed the sound, introduce everyone through. Hello and welcome to The Barcast. The Barcast is over every single week. For all that, for all tuning in for the very first time, hello and welcome. We are a community-oriented podcast where 100% of our profits and proceeds go to fan-based charities. Uh, if you'd like to catch up on previous episodes, such as interviewing Andrea Liman, John Delancey, Dusty Cat, and many more, feel free to check us out at thebarcast.net, where you can find links to our YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, and other places you can digest podcast-related material. We're streaming live on Twitch right now, which means that I'm volunteering Flam to watch the chat. Flam, what are oh. questions we don't ask our guests?
4: Uh, we will not ask questions about politics. We will not ask questions about religion. We will not ask questions about personal identifi- personally identifiable information, even if other people say it is okay with them. And uh, we will not ask our guests... Uh, I think they covered everything.
2: Yeah, no, I, you covered everything. Way? You nailed it. Um, mm. And without a doubt, of course, for fun, without with all the rules out of the way, we have a drinking word tonight. The drinking word is just. If you just hear the word just, just take a nice, healthy sip, please drink responsibly. We don't want to send someone to the hospital again. So. Without further ado, we've really died long enough. Esau, let's ask you some questions. That's what you're here for. Thank you for taking time to come on. No, you're welcome. Uh, let's start with some very basic introductions for those who may not be aware of who you are and what you do. Uh, let's introduce you. Who are you and what do you do in the fandom?
0: I'm primarily a writer, although I have done um, a bunch of art um... So most people would be, would know me because of the Celestia Code um, and all the other things. That's about it.
3: All right, fair enough.
2: Uh, next question is, how did you get into the Brownie fandom? What got you into MLP?
0: I, I worked as an animator for years and years, and so every new cartoon that comes along I give it a look just to see what's what's going on. And mm-hmm. I somehow missed MLP. You know, it just it was on and wasn't really in my worldview. And I was out on a job and browsing the internet and I saw the pictures, artwork of the ponies. And I said, Damn, yeah, those are really nice designs. What the hell is this? And I found the episodes online on YouTube and uh at that point it was just season one, and I watched them all um, in one night and was just totally impressed because I know Flash and how it works, and I had no idea at all how the hell the crew was getting such great animation out of Flash. And the stories were good. They were funny and clever, and, yeah, I mean, hell, what else do you want? So, yeah, I became an instant fan.
2: Awesome. And when you, um, I I promise I won't delve too deep here, but when you say animation, is that hand-drawn animation? I'm I'm sure you've, uh, or more digital animation.
0: Um, Mostly digital. I worked in video games for years. I mean, you can see by my uh, icon there, I'm an old fart. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so years and years in um, video games. And uh, I did a lot of visual effects for film and television for the past decade or so.
2: That's so cool. I'm sure you have this moment where uh, you go and you watch a show or something like that, and you kind of have an idea of what's going into it. You can see where people are cutting corners and things like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a a phrase I use, and I see something that it was obviously – People didn't put in their best work on that, and I say, well, that's one from the B team. Uh,
4: <laughs> that's and... actually. Oh, go on.
0: <laughs> no, there's a and there's a lot of it.
4: That's really oh. in... that's really interesting. Actually, do you, out of curiosity, do you ever find that when you're checking out a new work, a new cartoon, or or whatnot, or a new game, even, uh, do you feel that your experience in the industry sort of like biases your opinion on it? in some respect like people say this is awesome you should check it out and when you do you're like oh my oh my, like hypothetically oh my god this uh they really cut a lot of corners in here and that just sort of like you know weighs in on your overall opinion on the game or show
0: uh, it it it's unavoidable you know anybody who's like if you take a firefighter to a movie about firefighters you're going to get a near fall about all the shit they got wrong and all the stupid things and and i'm kind of that way with animation but to tell you the truth, and I hate to admit it, because I'm primarily an artist rather than a writer, mm-hmm. but it's the script that makes a good movie. I can, mm-hmm. you know, old Doctor Who episodes where the sets are obviously made out of cardboard.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. that's cool. As long as it's a good, engaging story, I don't mind.
4: Of course,
3: yeah.
0: But I am often impressed by really good work. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of that out there nowadays, too.
2: That actually segues really well into our next question. Um, so, speaking of good works, what would you consider your favorite part of our fandom? Uh, the online community, fan fiction, conventions,
3: music, long and short, what's keeping you here?
0: It's tough to pick because I, I've been involved in lots of other fandoms, science fiction, fantasy. Uh, I've been in the SCA for years and and that. And the MLP fandom produces more good stuff than than most of all the others put together. I'm just astounded by the, the quality of work that comes out of MLP writers and artists. So actually, to narrow it down, it's, it's the writing. It's the fanfic first and then the artwork. Uh, both of which are superb. I mean, okay, 90% of it is utter crap. Sturgeon was right about that. But the, <laughs> that, the 10% the 10% that's good is really damn good.
3: Yeah. That 20%, oh.
2: it's or that 10%, it's it's really good.
4: I'll admit yeah, there's definitely some stuff that's free here that it's so much better than actual published works you need to pay for. It's actually, when I first got into it, it's kind of mind-blowing.
1: abs.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, you all praise the art while I'm still surfing
0: Derby Boru at the moment. <laughs> Remember that 90% rule, yeah.
2: <laughs> the uh, next question that we got is, this is probably... Well, that said, I you're fairly connected in in the fandom. If people wanted to find you, they could. But some people maybe just be hearing you for the first time. Uh, if there's one thing you could say to your followers or fans that have stuck around this long, what would it be? Thank
0: you for for reading my stuff, for commenting on it, for uploading it. You know, just for interacting uh, in a, a cool manner. I'm. Um, I've that's another thing about this fandom is I have met more generous people in this fandom than any other and um among the people that I that volunteered to edit my my uh, stories the, these are professional level editors i mean some of them some are just very helpful because i'm the world's worst typist and i can't spell for shit but, <laughs> but I really had a couple of people who were just perceptive and clever editors and and made my work a lot better than it would have been otherwise.
3: I know the
2: feeling sometimes without my editors i i I would never get out the
3: door <laughs> but, so just...
0: yeah and and I recommend anybody who's writing get an editor, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how good other people tell you you are, get an editor who knows oh, what yeah. they're doing because you only have a one point perspective and I can read a, a paragraph 20 times and not see the grammatical mistake that's just glaring and somebody, you know, even even with an editor, somebody will point out in the comments, oh, hey, you know, you, you repeated that whole line twice. <laughs> Like, holy shit, how did I miss that? But yeah, yeah, another set of eyes on whatever you're doing is just invaluable.
4: Totally agree. And even in the times when you can't have an editor, I've noticed I'll do my best to edit it up and touch it off and I'm scrubbing off what I know is crap. But then literally the moment I hit publish and I just look at how it looks on film fiction, I'll immediately just see one little error that I completely forgot. And it's like, fuck! Like, every time, every time. No, no question at all. So I totally agree with what you say.
0: And no matter how many times I go over something, once I publish it on film fiction, then I reread the chapter myself. Because I don't know what it is, but you're right. You know, you will spot stuff then that you didn't the first 20 times.
4: Post not clarity for writers once it's published. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, just, it, it just all away, the weight is off your shoulders and now that you don't have that weight on your mind anymore you look at it with pseudo fresh eyes and you're like ah oh, shit I shouldn't have written that ah oh, shit that's a <laughs> oh, backward placement
3: <laughs> you're
5: describing you're describing a literacy version of Winker's Remorse
0: <laughs> uh, well fortunately with sites like Finfic you can go back and fix that stuff
3: Hmm. Yeah. Def- no, definitely for that, but uh, still makes for interesting times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, up next we've got um.
2: We're, we're our lightning in a bottle of Generation 4 is over for ML, which kind of puts us as a fandom in a strange spot. Like, Generation 5 is going to come out, but it'd be hubris to think that it's going to have the same sort of lightning-in-a-bottle effect that Generation 4 had. Um, what do we do as a fandom to stay together, whole, and relevant going forward?
0: Oh, I, I think that we can be united in our, in our hate of Generation 5. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
3: this, is a hot, this
4: is a fantastically hot take. Please continue.
0: Uh, well, I'm I'm kidding, of course. I mean, I'm actually optimally. Uh, I'm I'm cautiously pessimistic about Generation Five. Uh, it's it's looking like a whole different animal, and it may be good. The the odds are against it because the reason Lauren Faust created such a fantastic property is the suits handed down to him. Her says, here we want a half hour commercial for the plastic toys. Get on with it, and then they left her alone and she was able to, to to really drive the creation of a property that she actually loved, and that's That's always magic, of course, now that my little pony is such a hot deal, all the suits upstairs are now getting involved, and they're bringing in ideas that uh, their drunken girlfriend had them scrawled on a bar napkin last night. And here, you should put this in. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, in case you're wondering that, that actually happened to me in the video game biz. And uh, I am, I am not bitter at all. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, I worked on a triple A game that uh, sold incredibly. Just, it put our studio on the map. Uh, it was uh, just fantastic a a huge success and the second one in fact they used the character as sort of the icon of the company because it was so successful Mm -hmm. and the sequel game was completely and utterly ruined I think maybe 12 people bought it and they returned it um, because the, the, the clueless marketing guys got involved oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to, you know, they they took over. And, of course, these are people that, they don't play video games. They don't watch cartoons. They, they look down on it all, but they feel qualified to tell us how it's supposed to go. So then they get their names in the credits of a hit game, except they didn't. They got their names on a piece of crap. So, ha, ha, ha. I-
5: I just imagine the scenario where you're crafting a, a, this game and then the, a voice from higher-up says, the st- statistics say that children love joke characters. So include our own version of Jar Jar Binks in this game. Oh, John. Okay.
3: No. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I mean, literally, that stuff happens. It's almost too bad to satirize because that's, that stuff happens every day. And, the, and I just, you want to hear me go up a wall, just say marketing to me. And yeah, that'll do it. Um, I've watched more good things destroyed by clueless suits in marketing than than I can remember.
3: Mm. Sheesh. That's the it's the big sadness of corporatized art.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's I'm gonna tie this in back to MLP. Oh, here's yeah. why fanfic is so good, because it's individuals writing what they're passionate about. Yeah, and they, right, they like get- like Warren Faust, and nobody's telling them, and moreover, they get to publish it when they want to. They don't have to write things that their agent is gonna think is appropriate and will sell well, and also the publisher is going to sell well. You You look at mainstream genre fiction nowadays, and it's getting more and more similar. You read mm-hmm. one book in a particular genre, you read another one in the same genre subgenre. They're darn near identical, and that's because there are these gatekeepers all along the way that think they know what's what a good book is, and so only these things, these particular things, get published. And you know, on FinFic, I open a uh, the, the page and and look for new stuff, and I have no fucking idea what I'm gonna find. It could be glorious. I mean, odds are not, (laughs) because, you know, that 90% rule again. But like I said, the 10% is something that's new and different and amazing. Um, I guess uh, friendship is optimal is a good example of that. Who the hell would have published something like that in the real world?
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But it's it's a brilliant piece of writing and spawned a whole raft of, of of sequels and side stories and, and imitators and all that stuff because it, it really hit home.
2: That was before the contest, you know? Yeah. Everyone. Oh, yeah. That was a whole idea.
0: Yeah, actually, I just wrote a short for the Friendship is Optimal contest, which is why my mind uh, went there, I suppose. But yeah. no, it it... I... I bore really easily. So when something new comes along, I'm looking for something new and different. And, you know, I go to a restaurant and I see something on a menu, you know, okay, we're in the Ethiopian restaurant. And I say, Mula Gamesh. And I go, I have no idea what the hell that is. That's what I order because it could be wonderful. Now, again 90% you know I've regretted that choice many many times but <laughs> many times I've really found something really good and new and interesting so but when when you refuse to eat anything but boiled chicken and white bread you're never going to find anything spectacular
3: yeah
5: yeah no that's totally that's totally fair but what, what, what if I just wrap the white bread around the boiled chicken it's something new that we're that's... not
2: talking about your eat... we're not talking about your eating habits today, Enigma. Like we, we know you can't afford to eat, but
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Alright. The next question is Who is best pony?
0: Twilight Sparkle.
5: Yes. Daddy,
0: wow, so that's, that's, that's you did not have to think about that. Well
3: I'll accept it.
0: I'm a fairly bright guy. I'm an introvert. I'm, you know, a bookish nerd, among other things. Mm-hmm. And all of those types in cartoons especially, but most of uh, of of uh, media, they're the funny sidekick. They're the doofus that doesn't know how to get along in real life, but they're really smart. And MLP... The bookish nerd, the introvert, is the main frickin' character. And she's not an idiot. I mean, she does make mistakes because otherwise it would be a very interesting story, but I well that's another reason I fell in love with MLP instantly, is the main character was me. Uh, you know, it's like holy shit, when does that ever happen? So Yeah.
5: Okay. Okay, let me let me make the question a bit more complicated for you. Which version okay. of her which version of her is your favorite? Regular Alicorn or Princess, or actual, um, or full Princess. That's yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Tall.
0: Probably yeah. They the well, probably the Alicorn because flying is man. That's something, and I'm so glad they sort of retconned it after she got her wings and went back and had Rainbow uh, trying to teach her how to fly because that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, um, but. Not, you know, as soon as she became the headmistress of the school, the head mayor of the school, and then actual princess of Equestria, no, because, God, that's, those have got to be the dreariest, most thankless, unfun jobs in the universe. And I would not want to be stuck in her position. You just, had
5: me thinking, you just had me thinking about her job history. She went from student to librarian to principal and then jumped all the way to leader of the nation.
0: Yeah. Well, at least she had some job experience before she became a monarch. I mean, most of those uh, kings and queens that are still in the world, you know, just got born into it and they don't know how to do anything. But, you know, give us their completely uh, poisonous opinion. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, about no politics, right no, <laughs> 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 uh, we're nice.
2: talking about Cersei Lannister, right
3: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no i I mean that's why most of the stories I write for one reason or another, she doesn't take the throne and goes off and does fun things instead. All, all
3: right.
0: Uh, was, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Um,
3: nope. No, I was going to
2: move to the next question, so if you got more nope. biomines.
0: No, no, all no right. I was just going to close space.
2: we got um, a whole bunch of questions out in the thread now, and uh, we're going to start with uh, RV-47. Okay. Uh, good old RV dad. I'm excited to what?
3: see you on Esau, number one. Uh, which of your works are you most proud of? Believe the Celestia code. Um, I know it
0: was the first one that was was any good. I wrote something before it, and I've deleted it since because it was crap.
3: Um, felt
4: felt.
0: <laughs> but the because uh, it was rough. It was the first thing I wrote of any length, attempting a novel length uh, pony story, and it didn't come together in the first or even the third iteration, but I kept working at it and I kept realigning things and going back over um hinky construction and, and um uh contradictions and things like that and and ironing it out until it became um you know a story that, that I'm proud of. I would I would hand that to anyone and say, Yeah, read this. It's good which I wouldn't necessarily say about anything else I've written.
3: Fair enough. And
2: then their second question, oh, aren't they sweet? They ask, why are you so awesome?
0: Oh, that's very nice of you. Um, mainly because I bore easily and I've been around for a long time. So I have a lot of tools on my tool belt, I guess.
2: Hey, you never have enough tools, especially social tools and definitely writing tools.
0: Okay,
3: fair enough, yeah. I gotta get a bigger belt. Up next, we have questions from Mugany. <laughs> and Mugginy has written you a story.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, he asks, do you remember your ninth birthday? Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm... Actually, I do. It was kind of memorable.
2: Do you remember that delicious cake your mom spent all day baking so that it would be the perfect amount of moist?
3: Uh, that's exactly what happened, no. Priest, I think you're reading this question wrong. What do you mean? Hey, do
4: you remember your ninth birthday? Do you remember the delicious cake your mom spent all day baking so that it would be the perfect amount of moist? Do you remember when you first took the bite out of the cake when you were sad because it was dry? It was me, Barry, when you were first when you went to take that first bite, accelerated the particles within the slice so that it would be older by a day or two and become stale.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <You did>. Yeah.
5: <laughs> it's our first flash meme, priest. Think, damn it, think!
0: Uh yeah, I think uh well, he needs to calibrate his instruments there. Uh, <laughs> my ninth birthday cake was actually two paper plates glued together at the edge and frosted uh, with happy birthday written in marker on the top. Uh, oh. That, well, my mom was an unusual character. Uh, a bohemian artist, I guess. Uh. And, and you know, and she forgot it was my birthday. And she went, oh, shit, I got to get him a cake. And... You know, she worked with what she had, um, but you know, inside the paper plates, which did confuse me for a minute, uh, was a, a a promissory note to go to Disneyland. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, and I don't like cake that much, so you know, uh, it was memorable. That that's actually really
3: sweet. You know what, Flam, you did that, so why don't you take the second
2: half of that? Oh my god.
0: There's there's more, All There, There. There,
2: There is more, surprisingly.
4: Do you remember when you were walking to the store that one Sunday after church when the man waved at you and said, How your day, instead of how is your day? It was me, Barry. I knew it would trigger your English grammar OCD by adding a conjunction in the middle of a sentence. I also knew you'd notice my misuse of the word conjunction. That's right, Barry. I knew it was a subtraction.
0: God fucking damn it.
3: Anyways, how your day? Ha ha ha.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, what can you say to that? <laughs> no, I—that I, that was a—that was a rhetorical question. I know exactly what to say to that. And I
5: said, "Hey, I don't want to fuck today."
2: Shut the
4: fuck up, Enigma! I swear to God. <laughs> get, the, get your Arthur posting out of here.
2: Let's get this train back on the rails. RK Striker comes
3: with actual questions. Number one: What's your favorite non MLP franchise? If, uh, as far as cartoons go, probably, yeah,
0: I... probably Hilda.
3: Hilda. Um,
0: uh, Hilda. Yeah, Netflix show, and um, it's uh, the reason I like it is a lot of the same reasons I liked MLP. Um, it's, it's strange and unusual. You don't actually know what might be around the next corner. Um, and it's good-hearted, which is, you know, rare.
5: I, I saw that show recently and I applaud it. I love it. I applaud it because there was an episode where you see a child die more than <laughs> once.
3: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. That's why you remember it, because the child dies. Okay.
3: Is that...
2: That's the type of thing that, like, gets people mad, like... Is that the only reason you would remember Bridge from Terabithia?
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, God. I was more into Spiderwick
5: Chronicles.
1: Oh...
4: You're bringing me back some literary PTSD right now.
5: <laughs>
2: Moving away from PTSD. Number two, have you done <laughs> anything from a, for any
3: fan-related works for non-MLP franchises? A lot
0: of artwork. Um, but writing-wise, I wrote a few things, man, a long time ago um, that were not very good. And it was for uh Warship Down uh, oh, and Digimon.
3: I oh
0: think. Hey. And this is a long fucking time ago, like twenty years I'm, I bet. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So
2: I know uh Enigma here is our resident Digimon expert. I'll let him just go crazy.
0: Oh okay, okay. <laughs> then I have a question for you, Enigma. Okay. What 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 version of Digimon's your favorite? Tamers. Tamers? Oh, get right there with you, pal. Oh,
2: no. He answered correctly.
0: No, oh, I love it. I, I love that weird multi-level thing where they played the game, but it was also real, which is one of the things I liked about seeing the uh, uh, Generation 5 preview, the fact that she had toys of Twilight Sparkle in the main six. In a room, it has that two-level reality effect. That it's like, oh, this could be weird. This could be interesting. I so, I yeah. liked
5: I liked Amers because it was more of a quote-unquote realistic approach. Where it, it were, they weren't even really Digimon. They were creatures that assumed the form of Digimon.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, and it went some very dark places for a kids show, uh, surprisingly. Uh, yeah, um,
5: Leomon always gets it from behind.
0: Yes. Yeah, that straight up dies and it wrecks uh, Damn, I can't remember her name, the little girl who was, was his neighbor. Uh, she goes, uh, Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh,
5: what, she had the, the one who saw her mom die and she had the puppet, uh, Jerry
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like, holy shit uh, What the fuck, Japan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I love Whatever. that <laughs> Fuck Japan. Yeah, not not the weirdest thing to come out of that island, but still, um, I appreciated it.
2: All right, then the next question is: Is the eye patch your avatar wears a normal patch or a cybernetic device that allows her to shoot laser beams and/or download the newspaper to read? I believe this is in regard to the Finn oh,
0: avatar, Pirate, Pirate Twilight. Yeah. No, it's just a normal, it's it's very stylish, of course, because Rarity was involved with that. But just normal, because Twilight doesn't need no fucking laser beams. I mean, she's got built <laughs> in, right? Right. <clears throat> but but uh, it, it does have a shim and some lockpicks uh, hidden under the lining. I mean, you know, just in case. Just in case. All right.
3: Now, uh, the next question that we got is from Empty
2: Plot Filler out in the chat. Um, What is the biggest hang-up that you see in the
3: Brony community? Readers, critiques, or writers' habits that you would like to see improved?
0: that's interesting. Um, I don't have – I mean, all right, we we can't talk politics, so – Right, there
2: there are clearly some problems
0: that pretty much removes all of my problems with the fandom uh the, the, there's a lot of the fandom and i mean every freaking cartoon fandom or any fandom of any sort is heavily into the sexy time stuff right, right. and that's just the way it is but some of the guys that want to wear that on their sleeve or on both sleeves and all over their back uh in public, creep me out a little bit, and I wish there was less of that. Um, are you talking because,
5: about those? Are you talking about those people walking around with the Ohio jackets?
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or or walk from a convention to a restaurant holding up a, 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 one Ducky of the pillows. Mocha. Yeah, it, one of the more egregious pillows. You know, it's like
2: yeah, Ooh. an inappropriate pillow.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, yeah, especially. Uh, the cons where there are kids there because it's a kid's show and, you know, um, I, I'm not going to tell anybody not to be into that kind of stuff because, well, first of all, it would be useless to try. But, you know, just just be cool
3: about it. It's, yeah. And, and, you know, I
0: my definition of cool is pretty a low bar. So... Uh, Anyway.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's uh I think
2: you said it very well. Like there's a certain degree where I like the BabsCon comes to mind where they have like designated child friendly areas where I mean you need to be child friendly. You need to be aware that this is this is you know, the convention's just as much about for them as it is for us. And being oh. aware of that and and considerate of that is so important.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's great. And people who complain about there being a place where they can't display their um, interest, so to speak, it's like, come on, guys. Most of the fandom is a place where you can be honest about what you're interested in. You don't have to take it everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, especially where it's inappropriate.
3: Right. On the
5: on on the opposite spectrum, though, there are those people who go out of their way to make sure that the kids have a great time. Like uh, when they dress up like. Uh, a, a fursuit suit of uh one of the main characters and the kids run up and they want a picture with them.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I uh, I've seen examples of that over and over again. People really make a kids day. Uh and that's that's wonderful.
2: I, I think it's wonderful too. And, and like you, you there's some degree where you kind of have to know if you dress up like that well enough people are going to think the young kids are going to think like oh that's the real thing. Well they're not going to think it's the real thing but like it's that disneyland mascot
0: effect and it's exactly. really cool it's exactly. really cool and and quite a lot of the costumers make uh costumes that are way better than the official stuff i mean there's oh, yeah. a little live stage show they take around and those costumes are freaking nightmare fuel i don't know, <laughs>
3: <You> know <laughs> yeah, they don't
0: just make the kids cry but some of the fan costumes are, are wonderful stuff
4: 100 percent, i uh i agree with all of that assessment but uh even if, again, to quite a bit of, to some extent, I do, dis- I do disagree with, uh, you know, wearing everything on your sleeve. I, I 100% agree with you on that. I, however, I do love being a spectator to that stuff. As oh. it uh, <laughs> leads to some of the greatest moments I've ever seen. I think oh, yeah. my favorite things that I've seen is BronyCon specifically because you actually have to walk to the convention area and seeing people dressed completely with their interests all on their sleeve, walking past a bunch of normies and just seeing the looks on all their faces is <laughs> probably some of the greatest, most the greatest vicariousness I've ever experienced.
3: The
1: absolute horror on their face, yeah. <laughs>
3: the most- revulsion. And or... the, everyone know, has their... Go ahead. Their,
5: their, their expression of revulsion doubles when they see the Ferrari dressed up with uh, MLP decals. Everyone <laughs> so certainly has
2: their own sense of humor, but definitely that sort of cringe, make other people uncomfortable type of humor definitely isn't that. It definitely isn't for everyone.
4: Oh no! Absolutely,
1: uh, I I don't like being a part of cringe. I like watching cringe. There's there's yeah, a distinctness yeah. about it. Uh, the best type of cringe is if you can cause it and not be directly a part of it.
3: <laughs> hot, oh. hot, <laughs> when you Hot
4: in <laughs> your cringe. Oh yes. Here it's your cringe now, and then just be, wash your hands of it. Wow, that's a special kind of shit stain. But I, that, I, I that,
0: uh, no, no that's that's devious. I like that.
2: mm Hmm. Speaking of cringe, the next question has nothing to do about it.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> Phantom Most Everything is up next and ask how much piracy is too much for a young alicorn?
0: Oh, uh, that's, you know, I wrote a whole book about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, uh, I, let me refer you to uh, the Skyla pseudonym. That is about twice as much piracy as any young alicorn should be exposed to.
3: Oh, goodness. Uh the next set of questions are from the Glim Master.
2: Um number one is What did you truly saw, Esau?
0: Oh. Uh I have seen the psychic center of the world. <gasps> no 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 kidding. It's it's a couple of miles west of Yuma and it's pretty cool actually. Um I recommend you uh if you happen to be in the area, check it out.
2: Ooh! They'll be—they'll see me coming from a mile away.
0: And I'm not kidding. There actually is uh, a place that's got uh, history of the world carved into granite and labyrinths and weird ass shit, and a marker of the center of the world under a pyramid. Um, Ooh. And it only costs ten bucks to get in, so it, it's a deal.
2: So that sounds the place we should go. <laughs> it sounds just tourist trappy enough to to
3: pull me in.
0: It's a hoot, it really is. It's actually pretty damn classy for a tourist trap.
3: Ooh. The next question I... <laughs> the next question is how do you make worst pony become the best? Oh ah. well um
0: I didn't intend to talk about Trixie, but uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: I love
4: her. <laughs> Was there ever any uh,
0: doubt? It oh, yeah. actually, I love her. She's she's so, so awful. Oh my god. Um, but no, I, I take that seriously. If if you have a pony you hate, um, or you think most people hate, write a novel-length story from their point of view. And if that doesn't do it, nothing will.
3: Yeah, I I think Uh, that's well said. I don't like Spoiled Rich.
0: (laughs) God. Oh Yeah, okay, there may be a flaw in my plan. I don't
1: know. I've seen some really convincing uh, story prompts for
0: uh, You know, I I would not bet against it. Because I bet there was somebody out there that could make me just fall in love with her. If anything is possible,
5: just write a story called Spoiled Rich Ass for the Manager.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that sounds like something I would write.
0: I'd read it. I, I certainly would. Uh, just the title is very promising.
5: Uh, it says uh, underneath uh, in, su- uh, in the uh, synapses, it says POV, You Are the Manager.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh my God. I I would I would write a second person story. I know everyone's not into second person, but that would be a story and a half to write where you are the manager
0: and have to deal with spoiled rich. That's actually, you know, that's a fascinating thing to think about.
4: You would appeal to probably a fair amount of people in that position.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I bet you would.
5: If any of you write it, you better credit me.
2: All right, hold on. I'm gonna write this down. Oh my god! Here we—oh boy, here we go.
5: I'll do it again. Say that again with your echoey flam. Say,
4: Hilk, I'll do it again.
5: Jesus Christ! I hate (laughs) you. (laughs) All right, we're
2: moving back back on track. Back on track. The The next question, uh, is is just us singing the "You Are Pirate" video at you.
0: <laughs> okay. You know, are we doing
5: a unison? No, we're not <laughs> going to sing this song. Yo ho, D being a pirate is all right to So I, I guess that kind of ties in.
2: Like, obviously, you you've written more than your fair share of piracy. <laughs> what led you to yeah. introduce? Pi- well, I guess piracy into the pony verse. Like, is from? Did you just have this moment?
3: You're like. I got to make these ponies into pirates, or, like, what, what inspired that? Well, combination of things,
0: but uh I wanted, because Equestria seems like a tiny little place in a very large world, and the ponies don't seem to know anything about anything beyond their borders, and I wanted to explore the world, and in the sort of medieval-ish uh, steampunkish setting they have there's going to be pirates so oh, yeah. Uh, and pirates are fun and I'm a total age of sail geek I, I've read all the uh, Patrick O'Brien novels and uh, Horatio Hornblower and all that shit and I've actually sailed aboard tall ships and and so it's something I absolutely love so grafting that on the ponies uh, was a no brainer for me and bound to happen
5: that's aren't, so cool. there, aren't there already pirates in
0: the movie and in the comics? Yeah, uh, but I I started them off on the pirates before that happened. Uh, it was uh, the Twilight Enigma where they first encountered the, the whole piracy thing. And that was uh, written pre-movie. I'm not sure if it was pre-comics. The one that uh, I guess it was Andrew Price did i uh, not sure if it was pre-the comics or not, but it certainly was before the movie.
2: So from, from the standpoint where it, we're kind of in the spot where you began writing them arguably before the main show took it on, how did you feel when all of a sudden they brought this into the fold of this is something that we want in the series?
0: I loved it. I mean, first of all, justified my choice to do it. Uh, But, yeah, airships and pirates, dude, sign me up for that stuff.
2: Do you feel like in any ways they've included any clever nods towards the things that you've already created?
3: Well, there are a couple of things
0: that I, uh, I wouldn't say (laughs) predicted, but pre-shadowed the whole thing in the Celestia Code where the changelings actually change when they share love Um, uh in in my case it's back to normal ponies where you know they came from in my universe uh, originally but when that happened with thorax and and all them i went oh holy shit uh yeah i mean because that's what's the cure for somebody who is a narcissist who just wants to take and take and take love it's Get them to learn to share it, and it's better for everybody. So, I guess it was sort of an, an obvious thing to come a, um, to come up eventually. But uh, yeah, it was it was really fun to have, have done that first.
5: Right, in it was probably way. in the show bible somewhere, but you
1: beat them to it.
5: Somebody wrote down in the show bible they turn into skittles.
3: <laughs> I think you yeah. mean gay moose.
0: The uh, the skittle bugs, um, oh man! <clears throat> but you know, it's a it's it's primarily a visual medium, the cartoon. So they had to they had to do something that would be very visually striking. So you know, I don't begrudge them that.
2: And sell toys, that too.
0: Oh yeah, that was, that's toys. also
2: part of it. Everyone, yeah. wa- you know, you got to have your green one and the purple one. And someone likes blue, so I have the blue one.
0: Yeah, because before that, if you bought a changeling toy, if there were any, you know, you bought one, you got them all.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's why you just go Warhammer 40K and tyrannid them bitches. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Number four. uh, What superpower would you like to have?
0: Oh, uh, speaking of changelings, the changeling's shape-changing power. Uh, That's actually... That's the thing that proves to me that changelings are dumb as rocks because they can change into, you know, when, when Chrysalis first showed up, the small changeling changed into the small ponies and she was a larger changing the size of Cadence, she changed the Cadence. There was a, a feeling that the conservation of mass was at play there, you know, and they had limits, but then, you it's know- the mass it, effect. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, but it but they can become inanimate objects and still perceive the world around them without eyes or ears, they can become enormous creatures like a bugbear or something like that. So it's really a powerful magic power, uh, under those conditions. Yeah, that the the shape shifting is uh just would be astounding. I'd I'd shape shift into a much handsomer guy, (laughs) you
3: You and me both, buddy.
0: yeah, about twenty years younger too.
3: All right, next question. Did yeah. you, during
2: your life, sit down on your chair? The the grammar that Glim has here, I just uh, and, and said to yourself, "Why do I like this colorful equine?"
0: Uh, ah, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I think I covered that already. I yeah, I never asked myself why I liked them because I knew it was. It was new. It was different. It was well-written. It was well-animated. The main character was someone I immediately identified with. Uh, so, yeah, no questions.
3: Fair enough. Then this last one, Glim loves to come up with
2: very enigmatic questions that he asks people on the cast until some guest gets it right, and then we all get, like, confused, and, like, we have this moment was like, how did we not get the reference? And it looks like he has a new one this week, and I'm stumped. He asks, Um, a very eccentric man is sitting in a couch. His face is covered with the most refined, say, reconcilier. I I don't know. It's French. Yeah. Uh, And the man has a big smile on his face. A person sitting on the left side of the happy man asked him a question that made the man's smile fade away. However,
3: despite not having a smile anymore, he asked the question furiously. What answer do you think he said?
0: Hey, you know, I'm going to go with my standard answer in cases like this. Laughing fish are eating my furniture.
3: What? <laughs> Is uh, that a reference to something?
0: Uh, yeah, actually. It sounds uh, like something Terry Pratchett would write. Uh, the, no, it was, it was a bumper sticker I saw 30 years ago. Some car in Silicon Valley had a bumper sticker, and that was what was on it. And I've never forgotten the innate wisdom of that statement ever since.
3: Mm,
2: yes, yeah, some things are truly beyond words.
0: <laughs> I don't Anon- know. Well, no, 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 go ahead. I think that's, that's all the time we have for that question. Yes.
2: <laughs> Up next, we have someone we haven't seen on the cast in a long time. We have Anonymous Potato... Uh, number one, uh, what are the best books you've read both in the MLP fandom and in general?
0: Oh, wow. Um, well, the ones I remember, are the ones I like, I don't know if I would say they're the best books, but um, outside of the fandom, I, I'm really a fan of old classic science fiction from you know the 80s and 90s. Um, mm. I Token, Watership Down. I know I mentioned that a couple of times mm-hmm. about uh, things. Love that book. Uh, oh, let's see. The Last Unicorn, the Peter Beagle book, was wonderful. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of examples of the, the the Titan Trilogy by John Varley. Just fascinating stuff because it was really creative and different and, and like nothing that had been written before. And or since, for that matter. Um, if if you go back and pick out the weirdest books that were commonly popular in the last 30 years, those are probably pretty much my best of list. Uh,
3: probably more
2: with, experimental fiction rather than necessarily like straightforward stories. Or,
0: in, in, in structure, not necessarily, but. Uh, concept and plot and things like that when a book is truly different than others uh, around it. I, I'm a real xenophile. I like the strange and unusual. So, uh, which is not always a good thing, like I said, you know, stirring right, up Um But uh, as
3: far as uh, MLP
0: fiction, Man, we have a lot of great writers, um and in very different genres. Um Aragon is one of the funniest guys I know, and, and in a way that's that I don't understand. Because the old comedy rule is the rule of threes. You you tell something one, two, three, and the third time you make it different, you twist it, it's funnier. Aragon can repeat a joke. 15 frickin' times in a story or a paragraph, for that matter, um, and I will still laugh at the 15th time, and and I have no idea how he does it. Um, you know, that's <laughs> that's just brilliance to me. Um, other than, than short and funny, I like long epics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a, a friend of mine, Daedalus Egil, he wrote The Education of Clover the Clever, and it's it's a historical piece about Clover becoming Star Squirrel's appear- uh, apprentice. Sorry, I can't talk. I'm going to take another drink of here. <laughs> okay, that's better. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think, 170,000 words, and uh, it's just wonderful to read. It's really entertaining. And there's there's some of the gigantic ones, uh, Admiral Biscuit. Um, I couldn't write a slice of life to save my life. I really, I, I, it's just not something that comes naturally to me. And he makes it look so effortless and entertaining. You know, Pony goes into a McDonald's and eats a sandwich. You know, it sounds boring, but I, he always manages to make it interesting. And his uh, magnum opus, Silver Glows Journal, which is like, almost a million words. And he designed it to be read one chapter a day because it's an entry in a journal every day. And I didn't find it until it was done. And I read the whole damn thing at once. And he was going, God, does it work like that? I go, oh, hell yeah, works fine. So um, I have a soft spot in my heart for hard reset. (laughs) Mm. Some of the long, gory stories. Oh, my God, I love that story. It's just, there's a dark humor that runs through it that just just hits me right in the center of the target. Uh, Eakin was
2: really kind of a fandom classic like writer back in the day. A you know, I, I hard reset's one of those sh- people want Yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is I, I wouldn't hesitate to call it a classic. It's it's something that anybody getting in an a pony pick I would probably have a half a dozen or a dozen stories to say. Oh, you gotta read this one. Of course one would be mine because you know I'm an egotist. Uh but um yeah um yeah he, he can he he's just and I I messaged him back and forth for a while on, on stories like that. And he's he seemed to be a great guy, um uh, mm-hmm. as well as a good writer. Um let's see um, God, there are some that are just objectively bad, but they're guilty pleasures. Uh,
3: Those are great. Know,
0: The Immortal Game by Aesthetic B. Um,
2: I'm it, aware of this one.
0: <clears throat> it is. It's like an anime version of uh, it's mature and not for sex. It's gory and grim, and uh, I guess, but it, but it's the the original Alicorns come back, and they're pretty much just freaking horrible. It's a, it's a lot like Game of Thrones, only uh, sorry George, it's better written. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, but it's really grim and lots of combat and stuff like that, and it's um, it is. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure, because on any objective evaluation of any of its parts, it's not not really skillful, but it's just a lot of fun, and especially because it's it's not one of the ones I would usually like something like that, but it just it just tickled my fancy, so there's that one he also wrote. He wrote this and it was it's grim and dark and horrible. And then he wrote this absolutely goofy comedy that is brilliant on everything and it's like you know short, it's like ten thousand words, something like that. Uh it's Twilight Sparkle gets a free salad.
3: I remember hearing about this one.
0: Yes. It's brilliant because he's got Twilight's Character down to a T, turns it up to 11, makes her a badass. Also, the king of frogs is involved with the story, and uh, and the equestrian intelligence service. And and it starts real simple premise, and it goes completely fucking off the rails in a way that would that totally makes sense in that world. So uh, yeah, I guess I was being a little bit ungenerous when I uh, uh, said that the parts of, well, I don't know, uh, the other, the the long novel were not really that great. They're perfectly fine because people will get hung up on how well you draw a character, what your language is like, make sure you don't have any typos, and that's all good and important. But the most important thing is to tell a good story. If you tell a really good story and, you know, the, the verbiage isn't that great, that's fine, but like I said earlier, with a a show that the special effects are a little subpar, mm-hmm. but the story's really great, I'd rather watch that than the best special effects you can come up with. So oh, it, yeah. it's storytelling, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I'm sure I I forgot uh, got a dozen uh, stories. Well, okay, friendship is optimal, and. Yes. Uh, Uh, that, I think there are a dozen other stories set in that world that are actually better than the original. The original had that brilliant idea, but then a lot of people took off with it and wrote some, God, let's see. You know, I think the best one, I I know this is not going to be a popular opinion because the author is not well liked, but uh, Chalem S. Conteran's, Friendship is also, uh, it, it's Heaven is Terrifying, but she, she actually used the Latin in the title and that's Chateau And she wrote a lot of FIO stories and a lot of uh, conversion bureau. And there was a lot, lot of pushback against her for mainly the conversion bureau um, stories, I think. But and read that FIO story because it that is brilliant on so many levels because it keeps that sort of illusion of heaven in the forefront of being an equestrian, being a pony where your values are set uh, satisfied. But you look at every step along the way that Celestia, Celestia, AI takes, and she's freaking terrifying. She is a soulless machine that will do anything to fulfill the programming, no matter how outright freaking evil it is. Uh, and the the way she blended those two together uh was just just perfect.
3: Well said. Okay. Well said.
0: Anyway, yeah, enough fanboying about that. I mean but that's what we're here for.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
2: we're definitely here for that. The next question is actually the opposite side of the coin. Uh what are the some of the worst things that you've read? And you're more than welcome to say my story. <laughs>
0: God, I wrote one that was really bad, but it's it's been flushed down the ring, so I won't I won't mention that one. And and there's there are, are quite a few that are just bad. They're just, you know, from a craft point of view, they're they're you can hardly understand what's going on because the the, the language is so fractured, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I will name one. Actually I'm not no, I'm not going because that's not fair. But To tell you the truth, the guy who wrote this story, um, and this is a, a matter of personal taste too, the guy's craft is superb. Just from a state of a professional quality of craftsmanship in his writing, he's probably one of the best fan writers I've run into, but his stories are horrible. He uses his powers for evil. Um, they're unpleasant to read, and they're even more unpleasant because he writes so well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a big fan of horror and gore, and uh, he is more for the horror, but realistic portrayal of an utter uh, tragedy and, you know, the death of main characters in a a completely um, pointless way. Uh, Yeah, that's... That is not for me. So he's written a lot of stuff, but I read two two by him and then just said, nope, not going to even look at any rest of his stuff. Uh, In the real world, uh, the, the biggest hate I have on for a book is probably Corrections by Jonathan Franzen.
3: I can't say I've heard of this.
0: Oh, my God. Transden became the literary darling of the world when he wrote this thing. Uh, it's uh, he he before this he had never written a novel. He wrote, uh, I mean, short stories for the New Yorker, I think, and everything. And I happen to know his gal pal. Uh, and uh, anyway, it is very well written. And it is a, a a garbage stew of neurotic assholes being vile to each other.
3: <laughs> it sounds like us.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, but less enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> no, it's and, and the thing is, when it was published, uh, everybody praised it up and down, you know, the New York Times said, oh my God, the most wonderful author of our age, and, you know, just hyperbole like that. But what it came down to is the literary qualities that a lot of the intelligentsia value are not what go into telling a good story. Because it was a bestseller and because everybody said it was good, it got a, uh, it was started in development for an HBO uh, movie or mm-hmm. series or something like that. And, and the thing is, it died. Uh, I think it's been twice they were going to try and make it and it just, nothing became of it because there's no story there and people trying to turn it into a script Well, what do we do? There's, it's just, it's so repetitive and pointless and nothing changes, no, no characters change over it except they get worse. It's just, so yeah, suffice it to say, I really hate it and I hate it even more because so many people said it was so good.
2: Interesting. Why do you think people said it was so good? Like, what, what, like, clearly there was something there, even like something intangible that people latched onto.
3: Actually, I, I have the perfect answer for that. Friendship
0: oh. is magic. Because <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan is very close friends to a lot of New York publishers to the editor of uh, The Atlantic and The uh, New Yorker, and uh, you know, when they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. He had a lot of friends who pushed his work very, very hard.
2: I gotcha. Good um, old wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know your friends sort of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm sure you all have gone out and uh, watched a TV program or, or, or something online or a movie and and said to yourself, how the fuck did this ever get made? <laughs> and, the, you know, who looked at this and said, oh, that's good. Well, a lot of people, they were friends with the people involved and they made it because they were helping their friends out. So, uh, yeah, uh, get to, if you want to be a writer, get to know publishers and agents. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, without
2: a doubt. Now, the last question from Anonymous Potato. Before we do our quick ad read is, which MLP character would you most want to be and why? For example, you got dropped in Equestria and took over their body. Who would you want to
0: be? Oh, yeah, well, I'd have to say Twilight. I mean, I would feel very guilty dispossessing her. But, uh, yeah, pre-royalty, probably pre-School of Friendship Twilight, because then I would... I'd cash in whatever uh, whatever wealth I had and build an airship and tell Celestia to prunk off and go adventuring.
3: It's time to become
5: a pirate. <laughs> no, oh, jibble, lady. being a
3: pirate is all right, <laughs> <on me. laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, there's a lot more money to be made in, in clever trade, but, you know, I wouldn't be uh, above sinking um, somebody that badly needed it.
3: All right, now we've hit roughly
2: our halfway point, so it is about that time that we reach across and do a very quick ad roll. Um, hello for everyone who's welcome or joining for the first time or, or reached this far. Um, we have a BarCast Patreon. What do we do with this money, you might ask? Well, it turns out that 100% of our profits, proceeds, bits you Donates on Twitch as well as ad revenue that we receive on YouTube, goes to Horse Rescue Charity. Specifically, Red Wings Horse Sanctuary out in mid-California, where we sponsor a horse you guys voted on. Uh, His name is Little Bit. And with your guys' help, we're able to pay for services, such as getting his hooves trimmed and his tiefers cleaned and getting him fed, you know, nice bales of hay that he can eat. And he gets to play with all the other horses, and it's a grand old time. With your guys' help, over the last few years, we've been able to raise hundreds of dollars for them for our terrible money-losing scheme that makes us look legitimate and be able to go to cons and interview even bigger names like John Delancey and Andrea Libman like we have in the past. If you would like to support our endeavors and make us, I don't know, legitimate... Ugh, the word tastes dirty on my mouth... Please consider donating some bits. You can do that by using the diamond in the bottom right of Twitch right now, uh, disabling your ad blocker when watching Barcast videos, or donate to the Patreon where we have sweet, sweet incentives, like being able to join us on game nights, seeing behind the counter, and also getting some some additional insight into what guests are coming week over week. Uh, It's a lot of fun. We hope that we can see you guys there, and thank you, everyone, for your support. For such a long time, Alex, post the links. Oh, you're already doing it. You're the best. Thank you. See, I'm, you know, I am, I'm nice to the intern. I'm nice when I do the ad roll. Pencils mean.
5: You know the way you describe where Little Bit is. You make it sound like he's in heaven. Like, oh, he's in a place. He's in a farm somewhere. And we play with all the other horses. He he's
2: in mid California. He hasn't gone upstate. Oh you you make it sound state? that way.
5: Yes, yeah, going upstate a euphemism for being dead.
2: <laughs> oh no, pencil heard what oh. I said. Uh uh hmm. uh back to questions. <clears throat> um, now then, uh Pillbug is up next and asks their very
3: first question. How does that make you feel?
0: Um did I black out for a second? There. I think I missed something.
2: Nope. That's <laughs> their question. Their question is, without any context, how does that make you feel?
0: Oh, uh, it fills me with inertia.
3: Inertia. Good to hear. Now the next set of questions are from Alex underscore, but my voice is feeling
2: a little sore. Flan, would you like to take these?
4: Yeah, sure. Let's let's go for it. It's all so... you. Oh. Moving on to Alex underscore. Uh, first starting off, uh, oh God, we're we'll doing another one of these. Number
3: one, how dark? Okay,
0: well, that's a fair question. Um, the, uh, the answer is uh, it depends on how you do it. If it's done well and appropriately, very dark is okay with me. I don't tend to well, no, I have written some very dark things, but um, yeah, it depends on how you do it. Uh, if you just had to have a general answer, I'd say not very.
3: Seems reasonable to me. And uh,
4: building off of that, the second question asks, what did you see?
0: Gee, I've already talked about the the center of the world out in Yuma, <clears throat> actually, if you want to take a road trip out um, um Highway 8 there from San Diego out towards Yuma, there's the Desert Tower and uh, Coyote's Junkyard and a bunch of other really funky, classic road trip sort of uh, attractions to see along the way. And I've seen them all.
3: Sounds like a fun place to drive through, that's for sure. So
4: then moving away from that with number three,
3: what's a good idea for a hit song?
0: Oh, I think Spoiled Rich Demands to See the Manager would be a good song. Oh,
3: my gosh.
4: So not only is it going to be a story, it's going to be a hit song.
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, we may have a whole new, you know, uh, alternate world starting all sorts of spinoffs with this.
3: I
5: want this song to end with why I never and remix that. Oh,
0: no. That'd be great. Uh,
4: no, the song has to end with I am the manager when she has to speak to the manager. <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> Number four. Ah, oh, this is actually, uh, this is actually an oddly deep question, even though it's meant for shitposting shift purposes. Okay. How should I prepare for disappointment, asking for a friend?
0: Practice. Be disappointed a lot. Mm. It's a good thing about being an optimist. The good thing about being a pessimist is you're pleasantly surprised a lot.
5: So be disappointed
3: a lot. So basically, role play as my parents. Yes. Oh,
4: (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying just go out and
3: seek disappointment. Um.
0: Well, you know what? That's sort of the way everything goes. Once you experience it a lot, you know you know a lot better how to handle it. And, uh, you know, I don't recommend you have lots of dear close friends die. So you can understand how to deal with grief, but, uh, uh, I can't think of anything else offhand.
4: No, I totally get it. I was only trying to be a dick
0: (laughs) with that, but
4: 100%, I, I, I I I totally agree. After a while it is practice and becoming numb to it. And it's just, uh, another emotion, uh, for better or for worse. So uh
0: yeah. Well really more realistic expectations probably would help as well.
3: Oh absolutely. But, hmm? Nope,
0: that's all. I took that far too seriously, I suppose.
3: Oh no. Worries. <laughs> no worries. Uh number five. Is it all even or is it all odd?
0: Laughing fish are eating my furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I should have made that the drinking phrase because I have a feeling I'm going to be using that one a lot. Oh, my Um, goodness.
4: Perfect. Oh, okay. More normal, vague question. Have you ever been south of the equator?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I was in the March Marine... Uh, right out of high school, and uh, and have done that, and have since been to Australia.
3: Sweet. Alrighty then. Ah, another uh, deep and shit-posty question. What does it mean to be human, and what does it mean to be the little horse? Who well, who would
0: say there is no difference between them, but. Uh, just try and lick your hooves after eating fried chicken and you'll, you'll know the difference pretty quick. Um,
3: I like that answer.
0: Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody has their own answer to that. And it's only valid if you're a human or a little horse.
3: Completely agree. So uh, lick your
4: answer to that is lick your hooves and see how you feel. After eating fried yeah. chicken, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh,
3: moving on from that. Ah, oh, interesting. What is the best sandwich filling? Pulled pork. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow pork, it.
0: Barbecued pulled pork with, uh, uh, with uh, red onions and pickles. Uh, Best sandwich ever.
4: What kind of bread?
0: Uh, Dutch crunch.
4: Mm. Mmm. I I see you are a man of insight. Very nice. (laughs) All right. (laughs) God, that's making me hungry.
0: I have strong convictions on things that matter not at all.
4: That matters to me. A good, sandwich, a good yeah. sandwich is amazing, and uh, defeating a sandwich only makes it tastier.
0: Okay, you're right. You're right. That is an important part of life.
4: Absolutely. Uh,
3: all right, going a little bit more vague. What sound does it make, and can you replicate it?
0: I don't know if I blew out the mic on that or not. But, we
3: didn't hear uh, we didn't hear oh, anything. We didn't
0: hear anything. Oh, it probably was. I can do a very good imitation of a raven. And there's one sitting outside my window right now pecking on it. <sighs> probably because he wants to come me to come out and feed him.
3: Pecking on your chamber door?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: he he doesn't say anything. He just stands there and glares at me until I give him some suet.
4: And then it and then it said nevermore. <laughs> and uh, closing with the final question which is actually a really good question
3: for a lot of situations for real what would you like to be asked well
0: okay smart ass answer first okay where would you like me to put this truckload of hundred dollar unmarked bills sir (laughs)
3: a <laughs> ah, uh, uh, um, man, of, man of quality <laughs> um otherwise you know
0: probably something like hey do you mind if I tell you something about myself that's really cool because I like hearing other people's stories and experiences oh. so
3: yeah well um, man we could we could re- regale you for hours on our terrible stories,
2: but we're not here to talk about us <laughs>
4: <laughs> Exactly. well uh, that ends uh, Alex underscores questions. Thank you for those
3: Alex and we move on to ravage uh, Ravage, did you want to take your questions Is he dead, Jim? Rav is mute. He might have stepped
1: away. But that's fine. No, I'm here. I thought wow. i on mute. Now, yeah, I'll take him. Right. By the way, Alex, you're a little bitch. I know you edited your questions after I posted mine, so fuck you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that number 10 question, I had it ri- written down as my first one, like, hours ago. Ah. Yes. So mean. That's evil. <laughs> you're demoted, Alex. Okay, so if you were to make a crossover, any crossover whatsoever, and without repercussions, what would it be about?
0: Oh, uh, that—that's an easy one. Uh, it would be—it uh, would be uh, Resident Evil meets VeggieTales. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I
2: like it. Which Resident Evil, though?
0: Oh man! This is important. Um. Oh, this opinion may be unpopular because I think it would be the first one. Because the oh, first yeah. one had more impact on me than any others. And I'll tell you, I, I've i just played halfway through Village. and it's boring. Really? Yeah. I. You get railroaded into the plot. There's not much going on. Nothing you can affect at the beginning of it. And then you wake up and... Oh, you're in the bad place, and there's not much to do but wander around and look at the creepy landscape and the creepy village with the dead things all over it, and, but there's not a lot to do. It's all the same, and it's been, I, know, I haven't played halfway through it. It's a couple of hours, but it's like, God damn it. I wish something would happen. Yeah, let stuff jump out at me and, and me try and shank it, It's but nothing. It's it's weird. Um, huh. It's beautiful. I mean, my God, the game is gorgeous, and the the creepy European dead village you're wandering through in the beginning is is just man. I I cannot believe the quality of uh, the artists building these worlds. Um,
2: See, that's nowadays. interesting to me because I I really enjoyed Resident Evil Seven, and I was get I was really excited for Resident Evil Eight.
0: Seven was good. I mean, they're they're all pretty good because they got that formula down. That's it's uh you know, it's engaging from moment to moment, right? You gotta solve the puzzle, you gotta get through and now oh fuck, zombies everywhere, right? It's um the, the the game designers are good at that. But this one, I'm hoping it picks up, but I actually haven't had to fight anything. It's I'm an what? hour in this game and there's yeah. I'm wondering if I got a defective copy or something. I was going to read, download from Steam or something. But, yeah, it was—it's you're just wandering around looking at shit.
1: Yeah, that sounds so weird because I just watched, like, uh, two playthrough videos of the first, what, two hours? And oh. the guy's shooting up a lot. Like, he's having trouble.
0: <laughs> wow. I wonder if there isn't something wrong with my copy or something. But it's just... Yeah, I haven't run into anything. Uh, I mean, maybe check your, out. And check your difficulty settings.
1: You, if you have it on um, reporter mode, I it's easy,
0: you <laughs> oh might God, have
5: no. problems. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a well, day one patch that you missed?
0: <laughs> you know that may be it. I'm going to give it a second chance because because I really like the series, uh, and I've got it on standard. So, mm. I mean, I'm mm. so fucking old, I can't do. God gear anymore because I just oh, yeah. I just get blitzed. Um, yeah, it may be something. It, it may be. a yeah, i a I would I would
1: double check your settings. Uh, maybe go into Steam and you know uh, verify the integrity of the files because you should be like struggling to get through some of those areas.
0: Wow. no, it's it's. I mean, you played it, so you don't mind if I do specifics, but. After I wake up and the trucks crashed and everything, go through mm-hmm. the woods, a lot of scary noises, but nothing happens. And then you make it to the village and go through quite a lot of houses and a lot of streets and everything, and just nothing happens. I mean, except there's a couple of live pros, but, I, you know, I'm constantly expecting um, to something to else. Place, okay,
1: without, without giving any spoilers, have you gotten um, to the burning house yet? no okay so when you start getting closer to that you get a hell of a lot more you know freaking zombies coming at you
0: okay well like i said so far i have none so uh right yeah i will um yeah i'll I'll give it until the burning house and if i don't run into stuff by then it's like okay something's wrong
4: Mm. yeah Welcome to Barcast technical
2: support. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: no, this is actually
2: good information for me to know because over on Screaming closet I'm probably going to play RE8 soon. So, this is this is valuable
1: for me. Mm. I'm selfish. <laughs> all right. But all right. So, with all of that, uh <laughs> we're going to go into the weirder questions I've got for you now. Have you ever released a foot fetish, i.e. porn video, where you, uh, fuck me, I can't talk. Have you ever released a foot fetish porn video where, and
3: where, and where can your fans find it? Okay, I don't know who asked this question, but, but,
0: dude, dude, real talk here, you really have to consider the odds of that actually happening <laughs> before you ask questions like that okay um, you know unless you're just giving us a, a back-end uh reveal of your own um <clears throat> interests
1: yes <laughs> no the whole idea is to see how uncomfortable i can make you
0: oh okay <laughs> yeah good luck
1: <laughs> it's a if fu- we're getting it's there a fu-
0: it's a that, video that, that, <laughs> is exa- yeah, I, that is
2: That is hundred and ten percent what Rab tries to do here on the cast.
0: Okay, mm. I got you. Um well go ahead, man. Do your worst. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Do you write gore clop, i.e. snuffles because it's cuter for ponies.
0: No. Uh, no, not really. I have I have had a few scenes that have well, not gore. I don't wallow in the actual viscera and blood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have written punnings getting killed and and uh, wounded and stuff like that. But it, it's not something that interests me that much, so I don't I don't dwell on it.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, favorite milf.
3: Oh. <laughs> That's- an interesting, you know, I Tarkin <laughs> Oh my gosh
0: um, Yeah, I I mean
2: Singing fish
0: Have you have you seen George R. Bink's mom? I mean, I, have not, I, have, I have actually Think about it
5: Excuse me Oh man
0: <sighs> Man.
5: There's there's yeah. an actual Star Wars comic where Jar Jar stranded on his planet with his parents and his dad tries to kill in the entire comic.
0: Oh, you're, you're shitting me! Oh god. No, I like, just imagine his mom has these nice big, soft, massive eye stalks there.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, no! Seriously, man, there's a lot of potential uh, motor motorboating action there. <laughs> Yeah, just, just think about that. All <laughs> <laughs> I'm
5: imagining is Boss Nass going...
3: Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, why would you do this? Oh,
0: Jesus. I'm
1: stressful. so angry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay.
1: All right. um, Favorite non-pony?
0: Uh, non-pony in the series?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Man. Well, it's probably Spike. Just because he's around uh that much. But my favorite man now I'm gonna change my answer. Chrysalis.
3: Ooh, nice choice. Not
0: quite a pony. So uh yeah. I uh, think she's a fascinating character and was really although her later characterization was was actually pretty damn fun. Mm. I think she was wasted. Um, I feel that. Well, not wasted. I think her potential wasn't fulfilled. But, uh, yeah, definitely Chrissy. She's, she's wonderful.
3: Mm. Alright. Well, to
1: turn this segue around, If Bats are the superior pony, how many
3: Anons must we suck dry?
0: All one.
3: All of them? Is that what I heard? All
0: but one.
1: All but one. Why? Why all but one? Why all but one?
0: Uh, because it's a classic answer. You ever hear the question, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? I've uh, never
1: heard that.
0: Oh, really? Uh, yeah. When, when you bring up theology, it often comes up because <clears throat> it is a question. Well, this is important. How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? And the answer, the official answer for which you could be uh, burned at the stake if you didn't admit that this was correct, was all but one. Interesting. Yeah, the Middle Ages was a great question. Fascinating time. <laughs> so I'm stealing from them, and that's my answer. Final answer.
1: All right. Why is Spike the worst, and everyone that likes him wrong?
0: <laughs> I just got them saying that he was <laughs> uh, the best. Well, <laughs> um, he he can be. Just a ripe little shit at times. (laughs) Um,
3: You're not wrong.
0: uh, (laughs) And um,
3: uh, his, there are times
0: that, yeah, you do want to throw him into a wood chipper. But if you don't have somebody on the bottom rung, then, you know, the people further up the ladder the next one up the ladder gets to be the butt of everything. So Spike serves a necessary function. That's what it Mm. is. So
1: he's everybody's favorite puppy to kick.
0: Got it. Yeah, unfortunately. uh, He does have one very good quality is that he usually, and of course he's being written by committee, so it's hard to say he has any definite quality, but he is usually very, very faithful to Twilight, Even when he completely fucks up. Um, so he does have his good
3: qualities. All right. Hi, Kitty. Go away. Go away. Go, go, go. Go away.
1: Professor, Sorry. The podcast. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, if you could start an interstellar war between any two factions, uh, who would they be and Why?
0: I hope this isn't a 40K question because I. No, uh, it's, it's not specific. Okay. In that case, I'd say the, the two that are nearest to Earth, because then we'd get to see the big kabooms between them. <laughs> uh, in other words, we'd, we'd, uh, an interstellar war may be of enough effect that we would actually get to have proof of. Uh, life out there, even if it was shooting the crap out of it, uh, each other. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd start a war with the neighbors. First of all, it's easier to watch. And second of all, uh, you know, you can always broke a peace and then yeah, go find Jar Jar's planet and look up his mom.
3: <laughs> all right. Well. If dick cheese could be
1: blocked and sliced for sandwich sandwiches, how much vaginal marinara would we need to spread on a, on our avocado toast to make a fuck trophy? A flushed consolation prize is acceptable,
3: too. Okay. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, traditionally, it's two ounces. But, you know, most recipes were written by Midwesterners who are adverse to spices. So I'd say, go ahead. Use like four or five ounces. Live a little.
1: All right. Congratulations, you are ready for Vylon questions.
0: <laughs> oh, God. So is that better or worse?
1: Oh, they're so much worse. worse. <laughs> so they, are, much. they are.
0: They are. They are. Something like special. The... <laughs> oh God. Okay, come at me, dude.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. If we have extra time, we'll we'll bring out we'll bring out a Vylon question or two. We'll
4: bring out the artillery.
2: Uh, Next set of questions are from Dreams of Ponies Uh, How much romance In the Luna Cipher Were you sailing away With your favorite ship
3: Versus actually being forced by the plot Interesting question Um,
0: I learned Something very valuable writing that story. And that was that most people can't tell the difference between nefarious shenanigans going on and the writer not being able to write well. Um I I thought I made it so freaking obvious from the outset that something was wrong. And and Twilight, who I portrayed as Heterosexual previously suddenly fell for Luna hard and fast. And people said, Wait, wait a minute, you said she was straight. And I said, Yeah, I did. And and it didn't I had the whole main cast parade by going, Twilight, what the hell's going on? This is this is not normal. This is weird. And it still didn't, you know, come off as no, this is shenanigans, this isn't that. And I will, here, I will give you an exclusive admission. (gasps) The way I originally outlined the plot, at the end, she and I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it yet, but I will. Um, When it was discovered that Twilight was being influenced, she was not going to be in love with Luna. And there was going to be a very tragic and tearful breakup and and somehow a reconciliation between them as friends uh, when it was discovered that something that Luna very much wanted wasn't something that Twilight could reciprocate. Um, and the thing is, I got so pissed off by that time, by all the comments saying, jeez, you don't know how to write this thing, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, fuck it. No, her and Luna are gonna Gonna live happily ever after and make tons of babies, fuck you all. So <laughs> So I That's actually what... changed the ending of it just because I was annoyed. Which yeah. probably wasn't a good way to drive a plot along, but I just thought okay, why not?
2: That's one of the things about film fiction, especially when people get attached to a story. If you're if you begin to write something in a way that is truer to your vision, but doesn't necessarily leave them 100% satisfied. The fan fiction doesn't react well to the purposely unsatisfying ending. And it's, it's frustrating at times because you want them to think about it. You want them to have that same logical deduction that you do or make them think the thing that you want them to think. But no, ponies must kiss.
0: Yeah. And the right ponies must kiss, I mean mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. I have lots of shipping um stories uh, of various sorts and and they contain all sorts of pairings that I wouldn't have thought to put together, or I think actually wouldn't work giving the characters' personalities, but I enjoy them anyway i don't I don't have much um I don't I don't put a lot of value on it, my own personal opinions as to shipping. But holy crap. Are there people out there who who are the uh, the one true pair? Um they and you get the shit. wrong ponies, doesn't matter why or how you do it, yeah, they 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 do. Uh, but that's well, you know, that, that that's the way things go, I suppose.
3: Um And right. if I had it to do over again,
0: I don't know if I would do it differently or not. Because it, it actually turned out pretty cool for a lot of other reasons or plot convenience down the down the road. So. And I like Luna a lot. I mean, if I was Twilight, I would date her.
4: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I don't think you need to be
2: Twilight for that. No.
0: Well, they- yeah, There's there's that. It's like however it comes about.
2: Go, I often remember that at a convention next time we have a convention. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this for science. Raise your hand if you would date Luna uh, and <laughs> see how many hands aren't up. That'd be yeah,
0: great.
3: Yeah. It would,
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be easier to do it the other way around. And, yeah.
4: One thing I've occasionally thought of doing, especially for stories that are like, you know, flagship mind that have gotten quote-unquote unquote critical acclaim is just like for April Fool's or something, just release a uh, quote-unquote official sequel and it just shits on everything. Like, it just completely undermines the entire plot of the original one for just, just to see if it'll actually annoy people.
0: Like, I, uh, I imagine it would, yeah. Um...
4: I've never done it before, but I've considered it a few times. I mean,
0: um...
1: well, if you want to see what'll happen, just look at the backlash of any writer who's ever released like pre-released a bad ending and i can't remember the guy's name anymore but i was reading the story that he was doing and just the way he was going to end the story was so bad like uh, his research was bad he didn't even understand how relationships work in the long term or or the after effects of how that would have ended and it's like it's so logically flawed that you could not pull it off. And it made so many people angry. Like, I mean, the comments section were just full of nothing but people tearing them apart. And it's like, yeah, try it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, they should. Uh, illogical assholes like that should be discouraged. Um...
3: Well,. I don't know. There's no
1: right way to just dis- to describe it. Basically, the character was given a choice between going back to Earth or staying. And if he'd gone back to Earth, that was the most irresponsible thing he could have done because of the situation that he was in. And it's like normal people with a functioning brain think about what'll happen, you know, under different circumstances. And I guess the writer was just, he was tired of the story and he just wanted to end it as quickly as possible. And he just, he picked the worst possible way to, because he gave, he was giving up on writing. So he just said, this is what's going to happen on the end. Right. And he just, he picked the worst possible plot point that he could have.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's unfair to the readers that have followed you for so long. You're, um leaving something unfinished is, is terribly unfair. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the thing is, I, I, God, I think it was five years ago. I made a vow to myself. I wasn't going to read any stories until they were finished Mm. because I had, you know, started out on, on so many that were good and enjoyable. uh, And that the people just got tired and, and just left the family. Or stop Mm -hmm. writing, at least, anyway. And it's just like, oh, God, that's irritating. So, yeah, uh, finish it up. But, see, there's the other thing that I think is critical besides good storytelling is satisfaction. Eminent satisfaction on the part of the readers. Is you have to tie it together in a way that makes sense for the story And is satisfying, even if it's a tragedy, you know, it has to be a beautiful tragedy Um, or, uh, you know, the perfect horror story. I'm not much into horror, but if you're going to write one, write one that that ties up neatly and that gives the reader some satisfaction because a cheat at the end. um, That's that's just not fair. And
3: moreover, people are going to read your next story. Enigma, third roommate, when? Uh, went. You shush. You shush your
1: <laughs> I actually followed
4: that
2: ship. Get back to it, asshole. Moving, Same. Moving on. Moving on.
0: Uh, sorry see. if I hit any nerves there. <laughs> no,
2: no, we're no, trolling no. him. <laughs> not, okay. not, Nyla is up next. Uh, hi there, I hope you're having a good time. Hope you don't mind a few silly questions. Number one, do you like head
0: do I like? I missed that word. Head pats. Head pats? No, I I don't. I like head scratches or back scratches, but not pats. Don't know why. I don't even pat my dog's head. I'll scratch his head or his ears or his back, but I don't pat him on the head because it's sort of like, uh, there you are driving down the road and suddenly you hit a bunch of speed bumps. It's like, where, <laughs> when does when that get from?
2: Uh, <laughs> all right and then number two is do you like pineapples
0: oh i love pineapples um not whole all at one time but uh, yeah uh pineapples pineapple flavored lifesavers uh pineapple juice uh, really really like it
3: pineapple pizzas
0: I don't mind it. I mean, I've had ham and pineapple pizzas. I've never ordered one myself, but if it was in a group and they ordered a bunch of pizzas and everybody scarfed down the other bits and there was ham and pineapple left, I'd eat it. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, but I, I don't see why it's, uh, people are so against it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really funny they say, fruit doesn't belong on pizza. And I said, you realize that's what tomatoes are, right?
0: Yeah, come yeah. on. Although I will, there is a pizza I will not eat. And this hmm. is, my God. They they say there's no such thing as bad pizza or bad uh-huh. sex. That's a
3: yeah. lie. It's so
0: a lie. lie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and it can be really bad. And the worst pizza I ever had was from a place, and I can say the name because they're out of business, no. and Pyramid Pizza in San Jose, California. Oh. and. They had a south of the border pizza.
3: Oh, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no!
0: They used refried beans instead of tomato sauce. And you think about it bread, refried beans, and cheese. Well, that's kind of Mexican. That's not bad.
5: Yeah. Well, no, you sent me this. You said I'm a bitch.
0: <laughs> but they <laughs> put jalapenos on it. Oh. And I don't know what happened in the process of making the pizza but and i grew up on the God, i grew up on the mexican border I, I i can eat anything from mexico don't break a sweat but this pizza was the hottest thing i've ever put in my mouth oh
3: no, wow and
0: baking the refried beans in a pizza oven caused them to become gritty mm, so it was, no! it was ridiculously hot and like somebody had put sand in the beans this oh, nasty no. Thing. Incredibly nasty. So, yeah, I would say pizza.
1: I've had a similar experience with Domino's. And I'll tell everybody out there, do not order the hamburger pizza, do not order the taco pizza. They are fucking disgusting. I don't know what the hell they did to it, but they've got this taste, and it doesn't taste like anything in particular. It tastes like this fucking pizza, whatever it's supposed to be. And it wow. is oh. God, it is bad. I cannot describe the flavor because I've never had it anywhere else. It's like. uh,
0: Okay, we learned something valuable here today, and that's that Mexican food and pizzas don't mix.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Um, it.
0: I would beware.
1: No, and then that's the thing between the Mexican pizza and the fucking hamburger pizza, they both have that same weird flavor. I don't know what oh. the fuck they did to it to get it that way, but they're both disgusting.
0: God, just I don't bad. know if they, they used... Maybe if they used raw hamburger in the pizza, it would just get too much grease in it that would congeal or... or well,
3: uh, no that, idea. Know,
0: but I'll take your word for it, man. I, I, I will just avoid that shit.
1: <laughs> it was not their most popular dish. I know that. It fell really fast. <laughs>
5: beware! You're in for a scare.
2: <laughs> and then now, last but not least, since we're in our last ten minutes, we're getting ready to wrap up. To our luck and our surprise, from just off stage, the lovely Violon has actually graced us with her presence once more and provided us with a question. Oh my god! Uh, okay. so the it's a blessing from the Lord. It's jingle <laughs> uh, time. D-dum-dum. It's time for questions with Vylon! I can't do that sweet like little girl <laughs> voice that Pencil does. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Tee- um, uh tee So, Vylon has a very customized question for you that actually I've never seen asked before. She yes, asks, how do you feel
3: about grilled t- chicken intestines? Huh.
0: I've never had them. I've had Lots of other intestines um, of various sorts. Uh, I mean, sausage casing, I, they may use plastic nowadays, but, you know, uh, haggis is in a sheep's stomach. And it's it's all meat to me, man. So, mm-hmm. chicken intestines, um, probably by themselves would be a little stringy. But, you know, stuff them with some goodies. I'd eat them.
2: Because, funny enough, in the Philippines, the a very common street dish called... You know, I saw.
0: I'll be damned. And it's no chicken intestines.
2: Yes, sometimes barbecue pork.
0: Holy shit. Well, if I'm ever there, I I will give it a try. I promise. Sounds fantastic.
2: Esau eating I saw. There you go. <laughs> and then she concludes with,
3: how are you today?
0: Good, actually.
3: That's great. Well... That is all the questions that we had in
2: the thread. I'm just going to take a look through I think there was one question I want to make sure that we got it asked. Yes, okay, so there was one question that was thrown out by Empty Plot Thiller, and we're getting back around to it. If you could have any of your stories illustrated, which one would you like to see illustrated? And secondly, which scene would you think would
3: be the most interesting to see visually brought to life?
0: Wow. That's a difficult question. I actually had, uh, I have had people draw some scenes from the Celestia code um, and did a really good job with them. Um, uh, But if I had my choice, I probably would do one of the airship battles from the Skylacedonym, just because that would be absolutely freaking epic. I've got some maps and some diagrams of the airships in there, but nothing uh, nothing heroic, I guess you would say. That would be wonderful. Or even yes. just, you know, the pooty crew sailing on the airship. Make my little heart go pitter-pat.
3: Aww.
2: Gotta love when you get, like, fan, you know, gifts based on your creations. It, it really kind of makes, it makes your week at the very least.
0: Oh, it it really does. Um, You know, I get somebody writing, oh, gee, I did this drawing, and it's not very good. And you take a look at it, and I look at it and go, oh, man, that is awesome. Thank you so much. You know, I've, um, gee, sparked at a a picture of uh, Ale, the Kirin from my stories. Just, you know, sent it to me. Oh, yeah, I like to it And it was just, it was beautiful, and really on model, and and everything. And yeah, it really does make my day. Hell, it makes my weak.
2: <laughs> Aww. But speaking of week, we only have so much time, and our time today is drawing to a close. Esau, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out of your schedule to talk to us. It was really, genuinely a pleasure.
0: Oh, it was my pleasure. I had a blast, guys.
2: With that said, though, if someone catches this on syndication and, and has this moment, it's like, darn, I really wish I could have gotten something in there. Is there a way that someone can send you questions or, or send you a private message? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
0: The best way is FIMFIC. Yeah, uh, Esau on FIMFIC, just PM me. I I respond to anybody that, uh, that writes unless it's, well, you know, the obvious exceptions. But, uh, yeah, just, just, just send me a message. Be happy One. to talk with you.
2: Wonderful. Now, with that said, Milk, you know I ask you this every week. Last week you weren't prepared. This, what are we doing next week? Fuck you. We're doing a birthday. We're We're doing a birthday. Yeah, whose birthday birthday is it next week? It's, it's, it's um, shit. I didn't study for the test. I think it's Flam's birthday. No, it couldn't
5: be. It's not allowed to be his birthday.
2: Ah, shit, is it? Oh, Maybe.
5: You're,
2: you're not allowed to age so feel free to join us next week as we do a big dumb birthday celebration for Flam um, with that said thank you everyone for watching this edition of the cast our highest bit donator this cast was nobody, big sad face oh no uh, but that's fine, that's why we have a Patreon uh, your bartenders for this evening have been Raph, What? Enigma Scree. Flammenwerfer. Hey, Elamayo. Milk. Banana. Our amazing guest, Esau.
0: Thanks a bunch, guys.
2: And my name's Flutterpriest. See you next week, where we're going to sing at Flam.
4: Oh, on Dragon Ball Z.
3: Dragon, dragon! What, dragon? I made this uh, joke! Not-